Welcome back to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. This is episode 39. Yeah, man. Let's, let's kill that bass head. Let's do this. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pockets flow. It's me and Tony on the mics, we gotta let you know. Of current events, little gaming, sprinkling some entertainment. We stay humble, but our mom still thinks we're famous. Turn up the bass and baby, maybe let that magic flow. Our spoken word is all the things you really wanna know. Having a good time on the show, T Bows and Maddie G. Tune in and hit subscribe and join us on the FAP. Welcome everybody to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Bose, and sitting across from me is nobody. Uh, Maddie couldn't make it today, but we have a very, very special guest. Uh, he was going to be filling in and kind of being uh, my co-host today, as well as a guest. Uh, he is an actor, a writer, a producer. He's very famously known for his television series, Arliss, uh, being on Bull Durham, and uh, the original um, Batman which, of course, is where I recognize him the most. Ladies and gentlemen, actor Robert Wall. Robert, thanks Hello, for joining us today. Fine. Thank you very much. Good. Um, we really appreciate you being on the show and taking a little bit of time out of your day. Uh, we're going to jump... Where does this, this show originate from? Uh, we are in Kingston, Ontario, in Canada. In Canada. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's... That's, uh... good to, that's good to know. I was in, I was in Canada last... September for the Toronto International Film Festival, which I've been to the last couple of years, and I love. I like Canada a lot. I shot a movie, a couple of movies there, and uh, I like Canada. I, I actually do. I, I enjoy being there a lot. It's... I always remember Toronto. It, it was described by the great late Peter Ustinov, one of the great actors and raconteurs, mm -hmm. who once described Can Toronto as New York run by the Swiss. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, yeah. Probably just as much pollution up in Toronto. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I mean, when when you think about it, uh, based on uh, square mileage, I think it's about the same. So there there are days where it is just as brown as as what you would uh, expect to see in New York. In so, but um, actually, when when you were you said you were up to the Canadian Film Festival, so you were kind of up here in our in our beautiful time when uh, the sun is still shining and uh, yeah. the, the uh, Foliage is beautiful on the trees, and it looks quite nice out here. Yeah, I had a great time. I, I was looking forward to going to it this year. I don't know. Uh, September, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Hopefully everything will be back to normal by then. Normal? I don't think things are coming back to normal for a very long time. <laughs> it's true. Will things ever be back to the now, way it was? Now, yeah. to, your point, to your point, there might be a new normal. Yes. But... Um, but I, I understand your point, basically. So, uh, <laughs> yes, okay. So whatever normal is, whatever definition of normal is, hopefully it is that. <laughs> it varies from place to place. You know, one of the things that I really love about this whole uh, COVID lockdown kind of thing is uh, the, the way the world is bouncing back in many ways. And uh, the way uh, I was looking at an article of, uh, from India where uh, the pollution has, like, gone down to almost 10%. Uh, you know, compared to what it's normally like, and uh, there's animals making a bounce back. There was there was an article in Africa where because people weren't out and about, there were lions scattered all over the road, just sunning themselves. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, that's so, good. Yeah, that's good. so it's it's quite quite amazing. Yeah, you know, they're not good. living in fear. That, that's very true. The pollution has gone down. I think everywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it has. Yeah, right. Just, so that just, is a good thing. Just, to, just imagine the impact if we did this for a full year. I mean, there might be a little bit of craziness, but at the same time, the world might actually be a little cleaner place. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Because <laughs> you know, the moment people are going to come out, they're going to hit all the fast food restaurants. They're going to start throwing their garbage everywhere, and it's going to bounce back like crazy. I think everything, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not going to say, I, I, I expect there'll be a rush to, an initial rush to go back to everything, but let's see what the residual effect of this is. Um, I'll be interested to see what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually interested on how many, the, how the, the divorce rate might skyrocket after this. It's going to go up. Domestic abuses have gone up. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, on the same time, I think crime has gone down. I think right now. It almost balances sure out. If, if this goes longer, 
Now, if people don't get their jobs back, crime's going to go back up. Yeah. Um, it'll be uh, you know, divorces are going to go up, births are going to go up, um, domestic violence will go up. Yeah. There's, I would imagine I would imagine alcoholism would go up. I think that's actually already gone up. I, I think there was a, a report recently, yeah. and that that's how a lot of people are being able to tolerate their families is by just staying drunk. <laughs> Luckily, I haven't gone to yeah, day drinking I, yet. <laughs> now I know in the states, gun sales have gone up ninety percent. It, it's so really funny because I don't know. I just saw how the Canadian government is now going to start. Uh, looking at potentially banning um, larger rifles and assault rifles, everything in Canada that that hasn't been a problem yet, uh, or if it has, it's been very minimal. I shouldn't say it hasn't; it has been, but it's very minimal. And um, so it's very interesting where certain crimes go up and certain sales go up, and then now Canada is just like, you know what? Maybe we're going to hold off on on automatic weapons and, and rifles. So well, that's uh, that's that's something. I'll be interested to see how that comes out too. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think there's going to be a lot of pissed off people. So uh, speaking of some... people, they're yeah. always pissed off. <laughs> it's true. You can't please people. Uh, at least, uh, even probably one or two percent of the time. The... No, there's always going to be pissed off people. Yeah. Well, as they say, haters going to hate. Um, we got a first article today, and uh, to try to bring a, a little light humor into people's lives, uh, you know, the COVID-19, of course, hasn't, uh, you know, it, it's got its trips and follies, uh, but the heart of the headline on this article is, uh, the testicle festival is now on hold. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, I'm not. I'm not sure if you ever heard of one of these things, and, and it makes me think of uh, the the what was it the Chevy Chase movie with Dan Aykroyd where they did the the Great Outdoors. Never saw it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's uh, about uh, two brothers that get together, and they're very different opposites of the spectrum to have a family vacation. Um, but this article, uh, unlike a lot of uh, the other COVID nineteen uh, punch ups about uh, toilet paper aisles being empty and and all the the crazy hoarding and stuff. Uh, there is an editorial team at the local newspaper in Lanaway County in Michigan in the U.S., and uh, they had found an article that basically was talking about how one of the, the local fairs uh, put on by the legions had to postpone their testicle festival. And what this festival is all about is everything testicle. And it, it, as crazy as it might seem, the the legion would basically do this this festival where they cook up a bunch of testicles and and people apparently find these as a delicacy um i i myself i can't really say that i've ever tried it nor probably even want to uh, but they did actually go through and uh, their their big things are are basically like i said the cattle fried uh, testicles chicken gizzards and uh, and of course beer because I think that there's no way that you could actually want to eat these things unless you're consuming a lot of beer. Funniest part out of all of this is that they're they're stating that it, it's really sad that it's been pushed back or that they're had to you know postpone it indefinitely. But they're saying thankfully that it's not they're not going to actually lose any food on this. That that the testicles can stay frozen for two months. Now. I don't know about you, but when when, the, when these things are, are are purchased, I'm sure there was already a shelf date. But I mean, we're 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 going to to be kind of pushing that limit because I mean, their fair was made for May, and uh, you know that this is now looking like things may go into to June with a lot of the lockdown. So, I wonder what people end up doing with 300 pounds of testicles. What's the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Um, I think the strangest thing I ever ate was cowheart. Cowheart. My wife, you know, when, when we go to Europe, my wife eats a lot more, they eat a lot more organ stuff out there. When you're in Europe, they eat a lot more organ meat. A yeah. lot. Of, she ate heart. I remember she had a heart. I think she had some brains and some heart. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, not had any kind of mountain oysters or anything like that. I got a question for you. What would be your death row meal? Oh, boy. Um, I would think it would probably be... As as much as it's kind of crazy, and I'm either a Mexican food or a pizza fan, I think it would be a good old fashioned uh, roast beef dinner with mashed potatoes, Yorkshire pudding, gravy, corn, like the whole kind of fixings. It's good old good old Irish now, meat and potato a, meal. 
So are you, do you have a UK background that you would have Yorkshire pudding? Uh, yeah, I, you know, well, I kind of a, an Irish family and uh, we're actually kind of like an uh-huh. Irish famous Scottish German family. So um, Yorkshire puddings Ooh, are, 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 to me, it's like a bread vessel, a, a bread vessel to carry more gravy. Yeah. Okay. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't be haggis. No, <laughs> no, I, I, have you, have you ever had haggis? Have I, you ever had haggis? No, I haven't. I, I, the, the idea of uh, blood and gut served in a stomach, it just, it, it, it actually turns my stomach. Which would you eat first, haggis or testicles? Haggis. Yep. Without a doubt. I, for some idea or reason, I, I don't like the idea of putting balls in my mouth. <laughs> you know, it's too bad Matt wasn't here because... Uh... Oh, come on. It's not like you haven't done it. It's not like you haven't done it before. <laughs> yeah. This this is exactly what I expect uh, Matty G for. <laughs> your producer was telling me something entirely different. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, despite the the popular belief, uh, I I definitely try to stay clear of testicles as much as I can. You know what I I even find as a guy, uh, even having testicles are quite annoying and uh, constantly in the way. So, uh, you know, my wife often okay, asks sure. me, uh, I don't even know how you deal with those things constantly. Oh, sure, there. sure. Suddenly you brought up the wife for cover. <laughs> suddenly I it's all a ruse. The wife, <laughs> just just so your audience knows, hey. Hey, uh, you know, I wouldn't do this. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think she, she got brought up on episode one, so we're we're pretty much clear on that right from the get go. Let me go the other way. Yeah. Which would your wife? What would she eat first? Would <laughs> she eat haggis or testicles? And don't um, tell me that. Uh, no, she's yeah, going. For, she's uh, going for the balls. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm I guess... sure she'll appreciate. I'm sure she'll appreciate you saying that I'm on the radio, <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> I think. I think you better move on to the next item of news. All right. What else have we got here? <laughs> Uh, you know what? This this goes a little bit better. Uh, the headline on this one is uh, "Breast Implant Saves Woman's Shot in the Chest." See. Now we're, we're moving this yes, over to so. a boob thing. <laughs> so in, in Washington, uh, or sorry, I should say a Washington woman was actually up in uh, the Toronto area. And uh, her life was saved by her silicon breast plants after she was shot in the chest at close range while walking down uh, the street in Toronto. Uh, the 30-year-old left, uh, left breast implant deflected the bullet away from her vital organs and into the second breast. Uh, according to the case oh. study... Uh, the patient, who wasn't named, uh, was uh, left the the local emergency department after uh, sorry went to the local emergency department after feeling pain in her chest and seeing blood. Uh, the surgeons found a single entry wound and retrieved a bullet below her right breast, which the forensics later determined was a copper jacket forty caliber. Now, I, I got to tell you, uh, boobs are, are an amazing thing, but I don't think I would have ever seen them as being a life saving thing. So the first two questions you asked me are about balls and boobs. It, 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 are these the news items you search out when you? In the morning? I mean, are we going to do is a rectal thing next? Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to get a, a bead on where this is going. This <laughs> you know what? Uh, because of COVID nineteen, news can be relatively low. But uh, this uh, this was just naturally what comes up in articles. You know, so we have to do a little digging and uh, find out what's out there. And believe it or not, uh, they were our our t- uh, topics today. And um, I, I think, uh, given the uh, the multitude uh, of uh, different roles you've played, I mean, surely you've come across these topics more than once. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't think I have actually. To be honest with you, I'm trying to think. Maybe I have. I, I'm trying. <laughs> nothing's jumping out at me. There's no balls or boobs jumping out at me right now. <laughs> So, um, as I had mentioned uh, in our in our little intro, I mean, my uh, first uh, introduction into the world of Robert Wall was, I remember you being uh, on the original Burton's Batman. Okay. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, it, it, it was, so to me, I've, I've seen every Batman movie that's out there. And to me, Michael Keaton's Batman will always be the Batman. Um, well, I think it's a lot, a lot of it's generational too. How old are you? Uh, I'm 43. Okay, forty-three. Well, you fall right. Well, you probably well. You were very young when the first one came out. You're only about thirteen. Yep. So that would have been very impressionable. Um, I mean, I I think you have to separate the generational aspect of the the Batman series, the Tim Burton slash, and that holds four or five episodes, 
to the Dark Knight episodes. I think they're two different uh, series for two different generations. Yes. Um, uh, I really do. Now, it's my thought, and this is just me, that in the first incarnation of those Batmans, the Tim Burton and then Joel Schumacher stuff, that if you strung them back to back to back to back to back, mm-hmm. in my opinion, every hour, each hour gets progressively worse. <laughs> it's true. I was going to say, we don't talk about the Joel Schumacher stuff because stuff, that was complete, complete well, crap. Well, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> I, I think each hour gets progressively worse. Yes. Now, and I, now I'm also, you know, and, I, and I really don't mean that, I mean, it's really tough because I'm not in anyone but the first one. But even the second hour of the first one is not as good as the first hour of the first one. Uh, it's, it's good. It's okay. But the first hour of the first one is very good. Very, very, very good. Yes. And it, uh, that's you know, Tim Burton and the whole you – know, Tim Burton is really, is really special. Mm-hmm. He is a visionary. He is an artist. He, is, he gave me an incredible opportunity for which I am always going to be extremely grateful for. Michael, I have known forever because we were both stand-up comics when we first started. We knew each other then. Mm-hmm. Uh, working with Jack Nicholson was you know, one, of the great, you know, one of the great opportunities of my life. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, but as far as as far as the Batman's, I thought, you know, that then when Tim left, wow, wow. Yeah. Joel was the wrong guy. Yeah, totally. totally. But then again, Warner Brothers didn't have a clue. To be really honest with you, the great, the one decision they made great is Tim Burton. And I don't know if, you know, this was, it was Peter Goober and John Peters who had the rights. And because when I asked them, I once asked, uh, uh, I might have think it was John Peters, who would they have cast if they hadn't got, see, they were thinking entirely different. I got to tell you, they were thinking, you know, I asked them who they wanted to go to if it wasn't going to be Michael Keaton. And they said either Bill Murray or Steve Martin. So you can understand where they were Ooh. going. Wow. That was yeah. very you know, weird choices. So, they were they were looking more comedically. They were thinking more like campy Batman Adam West shit, you know. So uh, okay. yeah. Tim Burton, Tim Burton, uh, it's all Tim Burton. Yeah. Because and Tim Burton is a visionary because he had worked with Michael on Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. and Warner Brothers had done Beetlejuice with Tim and Michael, and it had been successful. Had that not happened, I don't think. Anything with people forget this was in the age before social media. They, for I don't know, you weren't old enough to remember the shit that hit the fan back then when it was announced that Michael Keaton was playing Batman. Uh, It was like you had they, I it was like Mr. Mom is playing Batman. You know, he was known for comedy. Uh, (laughs) now I knew Michael, I knew Michael, and I'd seen a movie of his called Clean and Sober, which is very dark, and he's a great actor. Michael's my favorite actor, maybe out there. Mm-hmm. And I knew it, but the rest of the public did not. And in a world without social media, you still had a geek universe. Yep. It just wasn't as prevalent. Mm-hmm. So the backlash against Michael was so strong, was so strong. It was unbelievable. And, uh, um, of course, you know, once he was in the suit, it didn't matter. Yes. But, and, and, and Michael was uh, just like I said, he's my favorite actor. Uh, and uh, he's such a good actor. And but people, I mean, you know, think about Bill Murray. Think about uh, they were. I mean, the list was Bill Murray, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase. They were going that way. Mm-hmm. So it's all timber. It's all timber. Yeah. If they were going to go more on the campy Adam West, I could totally see why. Uh, I mean, I'm very glad that they brought uh, Tim Burton and uh, his very darkness into it because, I mean, as a Batman fan and, and someone like the Batman story was not colorful. It wasn't campy. It wasn't funny. It was a very dark, uh, serious and, um, if anything, very troubled uh, story. So it was very interesting to choose Michael Keaton and maybe because he was so versatile as an actor that even though as a comedian and uh, as uh, as a funny man, uh, that he could turn things around and make it such a dark, broody character um, is why it was kind of such an iconic uh picture for me as as uh, being a youth when I saw the movie and and I remember seeing a lot of of Michael Keaton's stuff back in the day and and loving it um but of all his roles and it's funny that you mentioned Beetlejuice because that was another one I really enjoyed but him as Batman is still what stands out the most for me 
Well, and you got to remember, they were very concerned about the movie being dark. Mm-hmm. And I mean, actually, what's funny is, yes, it's darker. It was much darker than, you know, Adam West time, obviously, yeah. because that was really jokey, campy comedy. But they were concerned about that. And the theater owners were concerned about it, mm-hmm. you know, because of how dark it was. That being said, and again, it's generational. And again, it's post 9-11. The Dark Knight series is much darker. Oh, yeah. It's much, much darker. The one thing I, and it's generational, as most things are, the one thing I I always felt, this is now, and I'm speaking from an older generation too, mm-hmm. is that even though the Tim, Bur- Tim, Burton, Tim Burton version is darker, mm-hmm. it was also fun. Yes. It was fun. Jack was fun. And, and the quite- Prince songs were fun. You know, Jack was cracking jokes and doing all this stuff at the time. I was cracking jokes. There's no, there's no, to me, there's no fun in the Dark Knight series. Mm-hmm. None. It's uh, just dark. Yeah, it, it is very dark. It's grimy. I would have preferred if Keaton was playing Batman in that exact same movie or scenario. I think it would have been even better. Uh, but it's funny that you bring up the, the yeah, fun Keaton, factor. Keaton, 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 Keaton didn't add any of the comedy, though. No, no. He didn't, and it was serious through through the whole thing, which was beautiful. Um, with with the original series, it, I thought it was very funny to have uh, Jack uh, Nicholson as as the the Joker for it because I mean he played a wonderful Joker, um, but when you say it was like all these jokes that were are, are they're being cracked and the fun kind of things, he's more of a a very serious comedian. When you look at him, he's he's a very kind of almost like a dark comedian. And uh, which I think was a great choice for a Joker role. Um, but that's it's it's like when they bring his character in, this is where all of a sudden the bright colors start getting introduced. And, you know, he's putting paint everywhere and things are becoming uh, very bright and colorful in his world. And I kind of feel like like someone took like when Schumacher made the, the, the next films, it's like they took all those bright colors and they started cramming it into the new movies. And it just it failed because it kind of took away from the the doom and gloom of the original Batman. Um, I, I agree with you on the colors point and about you. I don't know what the other point is. I don't quite get it, but I agree with you on the colors with Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, just got the other ones. You know, you look at uh, into the, the next movies. Um, I mean, it was story, darker. It was, it, it was darker. Yeah. It, it, the story, the storyline was, but I mean, the, progressively things started kind of then when you get into uh you know val kilmer's batman it starts getting brighter oh, and then you well, get into george clooney's and that yeah, was just a colorful yeah. vomit fest um yeah i try not to, i try not to remember any of those <laughs> yeah i just went they wish they I went really from do. one really do. to the dark it's like years. godfather three <laughs> yeah. it's like godfather three it's true i, I try not to remember rob reiner said it never happened <laughs> And it probably shouldn't have. Michael ever. Jordan on the Wizards never happened. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's that kind of thing. Yes. Now, uh, so speaking of your character from Batman uh, as as Alexander Knox, then you have reprised that role just recently in uh, Supergirl. Yeah, it was it was fun. They asked me to do it as a cameo for one line, yeah. and, I, and I did it. Sure, I had a, I had a great time. It was one line. It, yes, you know, it was one yeah. shot. You're sitting on the line, bench reading the and paper. It was fun. It was easy. Yeah. It was it was very nice. Uh, it was just a really nice, uh, you know, uh, tip of the hat. You know, when they're when they're trying to talk about uh, to Batman and uh, what was going on with Crisis on Infinite Earth. So uh, I thought it was very very nice. Now, putting putting Batman aside, I, I have to ask you about your your role in American Dad. This American, oh, American Dad, okay. in American yeah. Dad, yeah. So uh, you you did the uh, uh, evening with uh, with Robert Wall character. So you got to play yourself. Uh, uh, now I have to ask you, where? What was with the potato salad reference? Are like, are you well known for? I have loving... no idea. Okay, they just decided uh, that no, you were going to do something crazy about salad. potato salad. I don't eat potato salad. <laughs> I don't eat potato salad. I have no idea what it's about. I really don't. Except the only place I do eat potato salad is uh, there's one place in Massachusetts. Uh, big wise stores make the best potato salad in the world. That's the only time I ever eat potato salad. I know I don't like potato salad. That's really funny. It had nothing to do with me. They called me up. They asked me if I wanted to do it. I said, sure. You know, it just looks like a fun show. Yep. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, that, that's as much as I mean. I just called in to do it. I, I, I got the script right then and there, and I did it, and it's kind of fun. 
And it's nice because you're touching a different generation. It's a whole different audience than it is. Yep. And that's fun. And, and, um, and uh, you know, Seth is – I only met Seth once at a restaurant one time. Oh, okay. Uh, and he thanked me for doing it. I never met him. I only met him once, I think. Thanked so, me for so doing it. Even... And uh, that one's that... – so, so you didn't even meet him like when it came to actually recording the episode. They just had you come in. You said no, your lines. No, they no. they stitch it all no. together. And wow, that's uh, yeah, that's yeah. You're, you go to a booth. You meet with a producer. You do it. I'm in and out of there in about a half an hour. Okay, that's crazy. Um, did you know that there's there's like like several shirts out there that are are acclaimed to to Robert Wall. There, there are what t- out there? There are T-shirts out there. Uh, there's things that say like um, you. It's a Robert Wall thing. You wouldn't understand. No, I don't know about it. Okay, so clear, clearly something you're not getting at. Wait, any, so the any... T-shirt says the T-shirt says it's a Robert Wall thing. You wouldn't understand. Yes. Oh, that's kind of cool. I yeah, guess that's funny. I don't. I, I don't know what it means. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what they're referring to. I think it's. I think it's, I think it's a uh, a tip to your uh, your your set your type of humor when it comes to comedy. Well, that's kind of nice, if that's what it is. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Now, I will say the only thing I do know is I haven't received a penny. (laughs) I was going to say, well, clearly you're not getting any residuals from that. (laughs) But that's nice. I mean, I'm taking taking that as a positive. I hope it is. Yes. If it's not, I'll still take it as a positive. I'm pretty sure that is made by a fan who's clearly a uh, a Robert Wall fan. That's very nice of him. If you're out there listening, thank you. You, you you should look it up. It's it's it's, it's a very simple shirt, but I got to tell you, I, I imagine they're doing quite well. Uh, maybe maybe it, uh, it. I actually didn't look at the date of when this when the person was creating these, but maybe it uh, coincided with the uh, the America Dad uh, show. So, um, I mean, not not to me. So, I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it now on uh, online. It's a <laughs> Robert Walton, you wouldn't understand. How cool is that? <laughs> right. How cool is that? You could reach out, say thank you. You could send the checks to here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know. I guess you can buy a T-shirt. Yeah. I guess. Yep. I mean, the other ones say "Keep calm, I'm a nurse." Okay, not that calm. I like that. Yeah. All I need is coffee and mascara. I don't always drink beer. Oh well, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> that's kind of nice. He's a clever. Good. That's yeah. very nice. Look at that. Isn't that nice? Thank you. No, see, I'm, I'm thrilled about that, and thank you for bringing that to my attention. That's yeah, what I'll take with me today. Yeah, that's, I'm really feeling good. Big smile. <laughs> Look at that. You're, you're getting your own T-shirts made. That's, that's uh, a nice thing for Wait, people in life. 800 followers. 804 followers. Yeah. Now following T-shirts. I guess. I, I don't know. That's kind of cool. I've never heard of it. That's very cool. You, you, you know, if you gave him a thumbs up or a follow, it would totally blow that guy's mind, so... I appreciate that. Thank you. Now, did you did you actually get to see the final cut of, of American Dad when they were done with everything? No. <laughs> so so you don't. So you, you don't honest, know. The... <laughs> I've never I've never seen it. I've never seen it. <laughs> so you don't know that they have you on the toilet eating potato salad. <laughs> I did, I've never seen it. That's <laughs> you, you okay. should... that, it's funny. It it is absolutely I hilarious. I, you know. Why put myself through watching myself? You know, it's bad. You know, it's bad enough others have to do it. You know, honestly, it is absolutely hilarious, and and uh, it was funny because when I had mentioned to people that you were going to be on the show, uh, it was the first thing that I think the first six or seven people had mentioned was, have you seen him on American Dad? It was absolutely hilarious. And when I watched the clip, I literally had tears coming to my eyes. It was absolutely hilarious. Well, thank you. Yeah. So it was such a such an amazing job. It really goes to show, like, I, so I, I, I really tip my hat to actors such as yourself who can have such an amazing sense of humor uh, about yourselves when, when, they, when they do these things. It, it's kind of neat to know that, like, you don't even get to see the final product, so you don't know what it's done. Uh, but it, it's like um, Amer- American Dad and uh, Family Guy in particular. You know, you get people like Adam West or, or you get uh, Patrick Stewart on the show, and they're doing these characters. And... You you truly almost have to have a sense of humor to be able to do some of these lines, especially because the, the, the this big cartoon light that they put you in. They can either make you look absolutely hilarious or absolutely crazy, uh, all in the on how the 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 cartoon is drawn. And um, for your character, the way they did it, it was almost a little balance of both. But um, it, it is so wonderfully done because they've got you running down the street with your pants basically around your ankles, chasing people. <laughs> 
and it's it's really funny. You you really should check it out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I, it's. Uh, I, you know, I. Well, sure, but you know what? I don't want to watch. I, I like to love people. You know, a lot of actors. I know a lot of great actors who don't watch anything they've done. Yes. Um, I. You know, the fact that they asked me to do it, and I because what if I don't like it? You know, and they ask me to do another one. You know, it's like why would I want to do that? You know, if it's a, you know if it's a good thing, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I trust them. You know, they asked. They were nice enough to ask me to do it. In fact, I've done a couple of episodes for them. Okay. So why, you know, that's just, you know, I'm glad. <laughs> why ruin I mean, a good thing? Enjoy, yeah. <laughs> let me just enjoy the residual check. Well, I have to say that it is it is brilliant. It's absolutely funny. I was just really curious about that potato salad reference. Um, but other than that, like it 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 is well done. And uh, I, I kudos, you did you did such an amazing job. You made me last for like 10 minutes solid. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. So uh, amongst all your other roles, I mean, I, I could, I literally, I love when generally we have people on the show and we can kind of talk about uh, some of the things they've done. Your, your resume is so vast though. I mean, we, we couldn't even um, go through even a, a fraction of what you've done, obviously in the time that we have, but I do just uh, want to bring up, because this was a huge favorite of mine was uh, good morning, Vietnam. Okay. Uh, now, obviously everybody loved Robin Williams. And uh, having you on the show also, like, what was it like for you uh, as a comedian to to play the role and and have kind of bounce up against someone like Robin Williams? Well, I had a history with Robin. Robin and I started out in the clubs together at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I knew Robin. I mean, Good Morning Vietnam is about 87, maybe. Uh, I think it came. When did it come out? 87, 88? 86, so I, it? Robin and I, I knew Robin from like 1978, 79, 78. So I knew Robin for 10 years almost beforehand. So we were friendly. You know, we had a relationship. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, that was very easy for us. Um, and and he, I miss him every day. Mm-hmm. He is great a comic and genius as he was. He's even a better person. He helped a lot of people. His heart was always in the exact right place. I mean, yeah. he he had a heart bigger than his talent. Yeah, such a, uh, such a I miss Robin Williams a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he really was. I, I mean, I grew up with like from Mark and Mindy and all the way up and, and everything he right. did not only brought, uh, you know, a smile to your face, but uh, even, even some of the harder movies that he did uh, it's just, it showed how versatile he was. And um, there was just always this like twinkle in his eye. Like I think he even played a, a serial killer in one movie and it was, although it did not seem like him, he did it so beautifully um, that. Uh, yeah. The, the thing. Yeah. The thing about Robin in choosing roles was he didn't give a shit about his image at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, he didn't care if you liked him necessarily. There are a lot of comics who don't, who, uh, and a lot of actors who definitely are always image conscious. Not Robin. Mm-hmm. Robin wasn't concerned about that very much. No. But Robin he had, was special. He, he had an amazing way of no matter what he chose or what he did, he would make you laugh. He'd make you cry. Uh, he he could do. He had the way of pulling off everything that um it, it just made it so iconic and i mean even when you think about him as the the voice of the genie in the original um aladdin he did it so well that in the new remake with will smith like i just i couldn't watch it i as soon as it got to him i was like nah i'm done he's not he's no rob williams well it's different it's it's, 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 it's a little bit unfair to compare uh, yes. to will smith uh that's a little bit unfair so you know it's tough yeah. Um, but you know, he's, you know, and I only worked with Robin on the one movie. Now, at one point, I was going to write for Morgan Mindy when I first got out here. Uh, but I, Robin, Robin was just a good guy. I mean, I miss Robin. Robin, the world misses Robin. Uh, we we need this world needs more Robin Williams, like many more. Well, you know, so. there was one. There's yep. one for sure. All right, uh, do you mind we get into the uh, second section of our show, and that is the rapid-fire questions. The second section? Okay. Yep. <laughs> well, let's get to the questions. Let's no. get to those questions. All right. So these are normally uh, hosted by Matty G, and uh, for the listeners uh, that are going to be just tuning in for the first time, uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask uh, Robert uh, 20 quick questions, and you just let us know the first thing that comes to your mind, no matter what it is. Okay, fair enough. All right, here we go. Rapid-fire questions. <laughs> What made-up word would you register into the English language? 
Ipso facto. <laughs> okay. Uh, the scariest dream you've ever had? Thinking I was married in, uh, for like 37 years and waking up next to my wife. <laughs> okay. For 37 years. <laughs> Uh, what superpower do you wish you had? Uh, superpower. Think about superpowers. Um, I guess flying. It's a very popular one. Yeah. Okay. Flying's good. Uh, what is your earliest childhood memory? As an adult. As an adult. Or what? If you if you can remember as a child. I I don't I don't okay. think about stuff like that. I've come across the occasional person who actually remembers like. Like coming out of the womb. It's really weird. Um, oh, that's weird. All right. <laughs> what makes you happiest? Uh, dogs. Okay. Uh, what foreign language would you love to learn? French. Uh, what de decade would you most like to live in? Oh, this one. Without a doubt. It's a good time. I mean, stop and think. I've always said that. Now, this doesn't mean that I wouldn't want to go back to see a baseball game at Evans Field in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. But when you think about what we're going through right now with the virus, can you imagine how much more difficult it would be without the technology we have today, oh, without sure. podcasts, without streaming, without uh, Zoom, without being able to work at home, without computers, without, I mean, you think it's tough now. I mean, it has made it a, a hundred thousand times easier. It's true. Yeah. People, people I mean, are still at least able to, to connect. I don't want to go back to a decade. I, I, you know, I mean, people go back. I want to go to the Renaissance. You know, really? You want to go back to a decade with a time when there's no indoor plumbing? You really want that? <laughs> Someone sneezed you know, on you and so, you died. No, no, I'm absolutely in the right. I want to be in, the, in today. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> What's your go-to joke? Uh, go-to joke? Yeah. So if someone's turned around, it's like, a, oh, tell me a joke. What, what's like the first thing that comes uh, to your mind? I, no, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't do that. That's fine. Uh, what was the first movie that ever made you cry? Oh. Oh. Well, Old Yellow, the dog died. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bambi, Bambi the, 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 the deer dies. Oh, and the mom dies, yeah. Uh, um, now, there's movies I cry because I paid money to see them. That's a whole different story. <laughs> Um, yep. I've been down that road. Uh, I, but I mean, those two, you know, when a dog dies or when an animal dies, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, do you believe in aliens? In aliens? Yes. No. Okay. How would you spend $100 million? Well, I mean, it's, it's a number. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense because, um, I don't know what that means because, uh, I mean, if you got fifty million dollars, what can you? If you were forty million, what what really can't you do that you could do with a hundred? I mean, I mean that that was like when we did the artist show, and somebody would say, "Well, it's the biggest deal of all time." It's 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 like it's a number. Uh, what would I do? You know, if I had unlimited wealth, mm -hmm. uh, I would have private airplanes. What exotic animal would you love to domesticate? What exotic animal? I love my dogs. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big. Uh, polar bear type of bear, you know, or, uh, you know, a cheetah. Or, I mean, but I want to domesticate. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, kangaroos are too big. I mean, I, I you know, I don't know. I, don't know. You're, I, you're I, fine I wouldn't want them hanging around my house. I don't want to hang them around my house anyway. It's true. It's like I tell my kids, you know, like if you want to, you, you want an elephant, there's no way it's coming in the house. It's got to stay in the yard. Yeah. 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 I mean, no, my, I'll just have my dogs. Yep. <laughs> uh, what gets on your nerves? A lot of things get on my nerves. Uh, um, uh, mostly politics. Yeah, politics gets on my nerves. Yeah. Um, stupidity gets on my nerves, but mm. there's not a lot you can really do about it. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stupidity out there. It's true. And, and but but there's not a lot you can really do about it. It's like baseball. If you fail 70% of the time, you hit 300. Well, if I asked you, I would say 70% of the people, you're about the same, you know, so uh, there's not a lot you can do about it. What else gets on my Incompetence. Yes. Incompetence gets on my nerves. Uh, now, we all make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. And it's okay to make mistakes. 
But when you do it over and over and over again, that's like, oh, come on, dude, you know. Yeah. I, I think you, it should be like a punch card. And once you get to so many that you're just done. You just get go get put in a room or something somewhere. Uh, what, um, what was the last time, what was the last thing that you did just for yourself? Just made myself, just made myself lunch. Yeah. Okay. Um, what holiday would you erase from the calendar if you could? Oh, now that's an interesting subject. Let me say, what holiday would I erase from the calendar? Uh, probably Canadian Independence Day. Because <laughs> <laughs> you would have zero effect on moi. Right. <laughs> you know what's really funny? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. I was listening to a conversation what? with uh, Macaulay Culkin and uh, Tom Green, and they were talking about uh, presidents. And uh, they were talking about Andrew Jackson and how he kept back Canada from invading. Is this what Americans believe? No, I mean, there's there's me talking about stupidity. Okay, okay there you go. Because I was I just mean, like, I whoa, is that what was taught in history I, on that side? <laughs> I mean, this is what I'm. This is exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, when I did my assume the position show, when I made a joke about one of the things I talked to, and I did it in front of students. These are real NYU students, mm-hmm. and and I would say uh, this whole bullshit about America never losing a war. Ever lost? I go. Well, what's the war of eighteen twelve? Was that a preseason war? Was it an <laughs> exhibition war? We got our ass kicked by Canada. You know, it's like, yep. So I was, I was really funny, and I was just like, there, there's no way that they're actually talking. No, no, this is exactly what. And by the way, what are you doing listening to a conversation between Tom Green and see wasting time and, and Macaulay Culkin? You know, honestly, I mean, I was, it was, it was well, just well, one of those weird things as I'm driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably when you had the testicles in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, what uh, what do you do when you can't fall asleep? I'm a hot milk guy. I, I, okay. I actually have hot milk. That, that helps you sleep. Um, or, uh, you know, hot, hot milk's good with a little, little honey in it. It's very, very good. Okay. That, yeah. that helps me sleep. Um you know, weed helps me sleep. Yep. Uh, but I don't do that. I mean, I I never. I mean, I don't do that at night. So I don't know. I yeah. I've never. I don't. I, I say it helps me sleep, but it helps me sleep during the day. It's a daytime thing. Are, are you a CBD or a THC man? Neither. Neither. I I, I don't use edibles. Okay. <laughs> um, what activity makes you totally lose track of time? Baseball. Wonderful. Uh, what is the best thing you've ever eaten? That, that's that's pretty. So a, we've already talked about your love of potato salad from one place, but I don't think no, that was necessarily yeah, the best that, thing you've eaten. Yeah. I mean, there's some. Uh, I go to Paris often. Um, I mean, I mean, my death row meal would probably be a uh, hot pastrami sandwich from maybe Langer's Delicatessen or the Katz's Deli in New York. Okay. Although great pasta, great pasta, or a great Coco Vaughn from. Uh, I like banana cream pie. Mm, yeah. uh, the best thing I've ever eaten, though. I mean, uh, there's 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 quite a few things. I mean, the, I, there's a fillet of sole I once had at uh, at um, uh, La Bernadon in New York that was pretty remarkable. Uh, uh, but I, it's not, you know. But those are all great stuff. I I don't eat herring at all. But I had a herring at uh, a place called Chez La Vieille in Paris that was outstanding that I built. Okay. That was wonderful. But you don't have one particular food that stands out. You just come across a lot of food. You're like, this was amazing. No. Yeah, okay. No. All right. Have you ever had a crush on a fictional character? And if who, you have, no. then who? No? Nothing like that? No. No. All no. right. Not a problem. Then uh, question 20. What's uh, your favorite podcast you've been on the last 12 hours? I did one the other hour with, uh, uh, what was his name? These guys who did the two two big guys from Memphis, and I asked him what his death row meal was, and I should send you the picture of this. He said there's a restaurant in Memphis that has a burger named after him. Now these are two big guys from Mississippi or Memphis, and when I say big, you'll understand after I tell you what I what he said. He said it's a half a pound of burger, which is stuffed with ground peanut butter. Topped with thick sliced bacon, cheese, marshmallow fluff, 
and then topped as a bun, as the bun, with a strawberry donut, pre-filled donut. Oh, that's weird. And he he sent me a picture of that. And it is, uh, uh, it is a, it's something that'll stay in my mind forever. (laughs) You know, so, so. Obviously, it's not the answer you were expecting, but uh, hey, you can't win but I will say this. I will. No, no, no. I enjoyed this. You came in about third. Oh, okay. Well, we'll take that. We'll take that from you. Right <laughs> well, now I want to know who the number two was. <laughs> oh, no, you don't want to know. It was, it was, um, it was something to do with the testicle festival in, um, you know, you know, I had to do a podcast one. <laughs> well, I'm going to take that as well. That puts us in two then. <laughs> Um, so we do have a another question, uh, and it's from one of our past guests. His name is uh, Rick okay. Soderbier, and uh, he is Ooh. a rela- Rick Soderbier. He's a relationship expert, and his question okay. for you is: What would you do on your ideal date? Oh, my ideal date: go to a baseball game or a movie. That's, no, baseball. That's a good choice. I'd say baseball game is a great thing. By the way, you know, ideal date. I mean, you know, I'm married 36 years. Um, but baseball game, sure. Oh, do you, do you, do you, what, you and your wife still want to go to baseball games? My wife never goes to So then you could tell her the ideal date was that she should take you to a baseball game. No, no. The <laughs> ideal date was she stays home and I go to a baseball game. <laughs> you want to enjoy it without her? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's an ideal date. That's fantastic. Uh, do you have anything that you would like to leave for a future guest? Uh, now, who is it? You said Richard uh, Richard Kern, Kern, right? Yes, Richard Kern, who was in. Uh, uh, let me just quickly, quickly look up Richard. I had something about him. Mm-hmm. Richard Kern, Wikipedia. I want to find out something that'll be interesting. Uh, he's from Seattle. His father was a CB in World War II. My father was uh, uh, in the Pacific in World War II. And what I would ask him, oh, interesting. He went to the Edinburgh, uh, Scotland. He's from Scotland. You know, he gained drama. He went to Scotland. Uh, I would ask him if he agrees that we're both about the same age, so uh, about and we talk often about the greatest generation, mm-hmm. which is our parents, that part of the problem in America at this time is we're so divided that would he agree with me that because most people in this country don't get, and I'm probably, probably the same in yours, don't get beyond 50 miles of where they were born and raised. They, they generally don't. Okay. They don't. They wind up within 50 miles that they only know the people they grew up with and don't understand other points of view. That having a type of draft, mandatory service, and I don't mean military. Okay. I mean, it could be military, but it could also be the Peace Corps, it could be the forestry, it could be infrastructure, but giving a year of your lives, male and female, to get people out of their bubble and meeting people from other across the other parts of the country and working together towards a common goal, which is what happened in World War II. Now, granted, it was a common enemy, too, mm-hmm. but having that would help. Because at least you would understand the other person. It's like those old World War II movies where you would see all these guys in a a company and you'd say, where are you from? And one guy would say, well, I'm from Texas. And the other one would say, yeah, Brooklyn. And the other guy would say, I'm from Nebraska. And they all knew it. So it's like, would he agree with me that that would help help soften the uh, problem that exists in uh, the states. So you'll so, never get that question. <laughs> I was going to say to, to paraphrase that one. You want to ask that that invoking invoking a, a draft would would help the <laughs> the issue? Yeah. No. You know, wait, wait, wait. But it's not a draft. It would be a draft, but it's not a military draft. Okay. Necessarily. 
It would right. be a you'd have to serve men and women. Yeah, would have to. By the way, I'm this is hypocritical because I didn't go because of Vietnam. Okay, but would he agree that it would help the political situation in this country if young people had to get together on a mandatory service? Okay. Like I said, it could be far. It could be the forest rangers. Yeah. It could be building up roads. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be military. Yeah. That's where you get into trouble. Yep. But working together, getting out of your home, mm-hmm. going to another part of the country, and working with other people from other parts of the country. Yeah. For a year, for a common goal, and understanding that you may not agree with somebody's point of view, but at least you understand it. Okay. See, I went to school in Texas. I grew up in New Jersey and went to school in Texas. Mm-hmm. So whereas I, I, and I love Texas. So it's like, and I understand where they're coming from. I don't agree with all of it, but mm-hmm. I totally appreciate and respect where they're coming from, which is not happening in our country. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it's a great question. That, that is a, that's probably one of the most, uh, that's probably the deepest question anybody's ever asked on the show. I can't imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> There's no sarcasm in there at all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, look, it's a Robert Wall thing. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Now I got to go buy that shirt. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking some time with us. Do you have any uh, social medias or, or things that you're working on that you'd like to plug right now? Anything oh, no, passionate not about? at all. How about that? Not at all. Nothing. All right. Nothing. I'm writing a baseball. I'm writing a baseball book right now, but that's a ways away. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no, no, no. I just wanted to come on your show. Perfect. Well, we appreciate you having uh, or having you on the show and uh, you taking a little bit of time out of your day. And uh, maybe we've got a, a baseball book to look forward to. Okay, you're very welcome. Excellent. Thank you. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. So this is a good time for us to pitch our social media. You could get us on our website. Thefap.ca. On uh, Twitter. Is the Fap 4 You can get us on Instagram. Is the Fab Podcast. Don't forget our Facebook. The Freaking Awesome Podcast. And uh, you can always reach out via email. The Fab Podcast at gmail.com. I'm on the air. We on the air. We got this podcast. Ah, uh, uh, not again. Wicked sweet. Eh. <laughs>